0: Welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Uh,
1: so, you two did not get to see this, but I just wanted to share that last night, Charlie and Cooper had their end of dance camp dance recital performance. I don't know what you call it. It was like a little show. A little recital. It was like a little recital, but they were also, I think, sort of making it up on the spot, kind of. From the videos <laughs> I
0: saw, that is what it looked like. Yes.
1: yes. Um, freestyle yeah yeah, it was kind of a freestyle but it was jojo siwa themed this camp oh my gosh and it was so great they could be in the same camp because it was like age ranges from three to seven so we just got in there um and that was hilarious i just had to share this uh (laughs) very good it was um it was very good they let the kids wear whatever they want um Charlie was very upset because they were very good about masking, which is why I let them participate in this. But Charlie couldn't find her JoJo Siwa mask. Mm. But Cooper mm. found her JoJo Siwa no, mask. No. Oh, my gosh. It was such a thing. But then as as Charlie walked in the room, she started announcing to everyone, I don't have a JoJo mask, but I do have a JoJo branded bow. <laughs> oh, God, Charlie. <laughs> well, it's, they have to know. Yeah. It's a JoJo branded bow. Justin McElroy's daughter yeah it's branded
0: <laughs> I think uh when mom showed me the videos of their, to be fair she only showed me the video of one dance because she said they were all kind of the same um <laughs> then just kind of making proud grandma right there self, ah. um But uh, my favorite was when they were all freestyling, I guess, because at one point, Cooper just gets on the ground and starts spinning around on her butt and then, like, Mm -hmm. lays on her stomach and looks like she's trying to do the worm a little bit and then, like, goes into a split. And everyone else is up, like, clapping and spinning, like, on their feet. And Cooper's just fully on the ground doing her own thing. She did. She started breakdancing
1: or something (laughs) like that. And I asked asked them both afterwards. I was like, because they wouldn't let – they were really strict about, like, parents could not – come in and watch during the camp not for just for covid reasons mm-hmm. that was the only reason they were doing that which i that was again that's why we let them participate in something indoors um but so i had no idea what they had learned during this dance camp mm-hmm. and so i asked them in the car i was like so did you guys like do a break dancing lesson or <laughs> <laughs> what and Char- they, charlie's like no i mean cooper's ignoring me she's right. singing or whatever and i'm like well why, Did you do anything where you sat down on the ground and spun around <laughs> your butt? Or is that... And she was like, no. And I was like, so that was just Cooper? Yeah, that's just Cooper. Yeah. Cooper does her own thing.
0: It reminds me of, like, a new girl when they have Ruth. And she says, Ruth's gonna do what Ruth's gonna do. That's Cooper's Cooper. gonna do what Cooper's gonna do.
1: I would ask Charlie at the end of each class, like, each week. So, was Cooper good? Or, like, what did... <laughs> and she's always like, well... She wasn't the worst. <laughs> there was one little girl who was wilder than Cooper. This is the way Charlie That's kept good. putting it, who was wild in class. Um, yeah. Not bad, who was wild. Uh, there was one little girl who was wilder, mm-hmm. uh, but then when she would start to be wild, Cooper would follow. And I, Justin and I were both kind of upset. And I said, are you secretly kind of upset that at least if our kid is going to misbehave, she isn't like she should be the leader? Like, yeah, <laughs> I want her to be the top lead, misbe- the revolution. Like, lead the revolution. I don't want her to just follow. <laughs> I want her to lead the rebellion. <laughs> so
0: um, they did get awards, though. They did. Charlie was best overall. Yes. And Cooper wow. was outstanding newbie. Fabulous newbie. Fabulous newbie. Yeah.
2: Now, was there a reward for every kid that was designed for that kid?
1: Yes. But okay,
0: Charlie's well. was still best overall.
1: Yes, because Charlie was really upset about it. She was like, well, that other girl got best leaper. And I was like, well, but you got best overall.
0: That means overall. you're best at all
1: of it. <laughs> yeah. And she was like, well, but I wanted to be the best leaper. And I was like, but you, you got the best overall. <laughs> That's included in there. <laughs> and so, somebody else had the word sparkle in their award and she also didn't like that she didn't get an award and I was like but it's best overall you could conceivably also be the sparkliest I don't know I mean like Cindy they are Macro-ized very sparkly on her. <laughs> yeah <laughs> generally Charlie is the sparkliest
0: yeah yeah and especially in those costumes they wore big sparkly tutus
1: uh, they would never believe it, the it was it was really cool because the email we got ahead of the performance was like please do not buy new stuff you don't need to do that. like, But your kid can wear what they want to wear. So it needs to be dance appropriate, but it can be frilly or sparkly or whatever. It's just for fun. They're little kids. I mean, I really, this is all the attitude that I want. Like, I will engage yeah. with this. Yeah. This is my kind of dance place. Uh, but whatever they want to wear, if they want to wear Jojo bows, that's great. But please don't buy stuff. They kept saying that. Please don't go buy stuff, which is yeah. great. So I didn't. I li- You know this. Yeah, I know. They own these. They own everything they wore. But I knew when they walked in, there were probably parents going, I can't believe those MFers (laughs) went out (laughs) and bought these matching pink and purple and blue frilly sleeping beauty leotard leotard tutu things. They just own them. They just have them. And they just wear them on a regular basis. Yeah, they wear them around all the time. Like, these are just my children. Yeah. Yeah. It's who they are. (laughs) I, I feel like it's always
2: like one costume piece and then like two normal pieces is how your children dress
0: yeah or (laughs) they're or the yeah Yeah. or they're just naked or they just don't want to wear anything yeah
1: cooper is on a new kick where she likes to be naked all the time charlie's newest fashion statement is how many skirts can i wear yeah Mm, like she wears a skirt as a top and then she'll wear a couple skirts on the bottom but then i tell her like you know when you're six like the bare midriff thing, you're a little <laughs> young, yeah. and like you can't do that at school. Like right. there are rules about bare midriffs at school. Yeah, and strapless for, tops for all genders. Yeah. Really, this isn't sexist. Just like the bare midriff when you're six is not right. my favorite look. Yeah. Right. So then she'll put a skirt in the middle too. <laughs> so she'll just be stacks of skirts.
0: That's very good, actually.
1: I love it. Sometimes she'll even do one with like like a head. Piece, yeah, like
0: a veil kind of thing. <laughs> like too many skirts. Too many skirts. I love when she'll ask me, like, "Hey, baby sis, can I have? Can you? Can you judge my outfit? Can you rate it? Like, you're you're cool." She used to say mm-hmm. I was a cool teen. I'm not a teen anymore, but she still thinks I'm cool. I guess she does. Um, and uh, I I just never know what to say because it's always just like either like six skirts, or <laughs> it's like an old dress that she is like only worn on one half and then put a skirt over the bottom or like a leotard and then a princess costume, but then also mm-hmm. a skirt. On, I don't know. But I'm always just like, yeah, it's very good. She'll, okay, again. Sometimes it's my stuff. Like, yeah.
1: like I have. a OK, no joke. This is a pink T-shirt I got from Target. <laughs> and she was like, mommy, can I have it? Can I have this? <laughs> and I'm like this pink T-shirt from Target. It's just solid. Yeah. neck T-shirt. That obviously won't fit her. Mm hmm. And she will put it on like one shoulder and then tie oh, yeah, a knot yeah. in the other sleeve mm-hmm. so that it fits and then like put like a skirt and three belts and uh, wrap things around it and all this. And she's like,
0: look at this. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I don't know what's <laughs> what happening. Am I what am I
1: looking <laughs> at? That's a look.
0: Yeah. Yes, this is her. Yeah. And Cooper's is always just a princess costume with some very sparkly and loud high heels. Mm-hmm. Metal shoes. Metal shoes. I'm always worried she's going to be wearing when she steps on my guinea pig. <laughs> that my children can
1: run in heels both of them i can't like i mean they're little kid heels they're not like big you know yeah but they have they both have play shoes they're supposed to be like for dress up time but now they They just wear them all the time um they have heels and they can run Mm -hmm. i can't walk in heels Mm -mm. very advanced (sighs) they're terrifying yeah my children yeah (laughs) they're
0: amazing and terrifying yes Cooper can do a split. <laughs> that terrifies me. <laughs> she Who,
1: ta- Who taught her how to do that? A no one. <laughs> she just she did, did one. It.
0: <laughs> that that has to be the first,
2: I think the first person in our family that can do a split.
0: Yeah. Right? Probably well, I bet mom could.
1: Mm.
0: I never could. I did gymnastics and dance. I never could. Yeah, I can't. The other day she just like straddled between like the arm of the couch and the little side table and split her legs like across them, so she was kind of hanging in the air. I looked over, I was like, what are you doing? She said, I'm doing a split. Like,
1: what? obviously. What of it? What do you mean? <laughs> you want to fight are they me? They <laughs> watch it on YouTube.
0: They're getting some sort of assassin
2: training or something.
0: Yeah, it really well, was. It was like the kind of move where she could just kind of flip upside down and like shoot someone with a little like dart between <laughs> buildings or whatever.
1: She, They are into that kind of thing. Well, I mean, Charlie's taking Taekwondo still. And right. so like. Cooper will watch Justin and Charlie practice sparring together and Cooper is very into that right she wasn't at first but when then when she saw like oh you kick each other hold on like you kick at each other like you punch at each other I want I <laughs> yes <me> please <laughs>
0: all right what are we we're talking, not about? Ta- yeah, we're not yeah, talking about yeah we're not talking about tiny tiny assassins <laughs> uh, well
1: there
2: there there are some tiny well. assassins in this uh hey yeah. uh, we're talking to. Yeah, uh, we're talking about uh, Scott Pilgrim. Um, uh, of course, the Scott Pilgr- Pilgrim vs. the World is the uh, 2010 like, action comedy. And then mm-hmm. uh, it's, also, it's based on a 2004 uh, six-volume graphic novel uh, called Scott Pilgrim. And uh, it's by Brian Lee O'Malley. Uh, it just tells the story of Scott Pilgrim. Uh, <laughs> there you <laughs> go, ever. that's it. Michael Sarah, <laughs> yes, played by Michael Sarah in the movie, uh, and uh, yeah, it was a, a very, I think, a pretty big piece of like my era of pop culture. I think it was pretty popular, um, both the movie and the uh, the comic. I didn't know the movie apparently didn't do well when I was reading up for this. It, it didn't do well, but I'm surprised because really? I thought everybody saw it.
0: I did
1: too. Yeah, that is strange. Yeah. I would have thought, and especially when it came out, I thought I would have
0: thought it was positioned mm-hmm. and the cast. yeah Yeah. it's a loaded cast yeah yeah Um, yeah i realized watching it again that i i've seen this movie many times but it's definitely one of those things that in 2010 i was 10 years old i probably wouldn't have watched this mm -hmm. on my own but it was because of probably you taylor that that i was aware of this and watched it when i was 10 for the first time um and have watched it many times since
2: well, I remember buying you some of the graphic novels too, mm-hmm. I, probably when you were a little bit older. You did. I think I bought yeah. you some.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, and I read all of them. And now, at some point in, in my recent history, I purchased my own box set of all of them. And now I own all of the graphic novels again. <laughs> so. Well,
2: the uh, the movie and the graphic novel follow roughly the same storyline. There's a lot more stuff, the background to characters and stuff you get in the graphic novel, obviously. It's just longer form. But, sure. you know, it's just sort of. Follows this kind of, you know, musician, 22-year-old Scott Pilgrim. He's kind of not doing much with his life. Uh, He's dating a 17-year-old girl when we first meet him, and then he falls for this cool uh um, it's set in canada so this cool american that works for (laughs) amazon (laughs) that uh that he he meets and uh and she has uh seven evil exes that he has to battle in order to uh in order to win her her hand Mm -hmm. i guess in in girlfriendom it's not marriage just to date her Uh, yeah yeah. and it has a lot of like uh video game imagery it's very like the movie is very comic booky, very video game, very pop culture. It's, you know, very much a, a product for, for a nerd audience. A lot of Easter mm-hmm. eggs.
0: Mm. Yeah, I saw that it got a lot of, um, I guess, like, good attention and good press for all the video game effects it used and stuff. For, like, layering the different kinds of media, like... Uh, in the in the battles between Scott and some of the exes or just like when he's peeing and he has the little pee bar at the top that empties that. as he's peeing. Um, all those different kind of like layering of, of mediums. Um, I saw a lot of people that was new and cool. It's, it's
1: all shot very well because it's shot like it's kind of surrealist mm-hmm. um, in terms of like passage of time and like where locations and stuff like that mm-hmm. stuff shifts very quickly which does feel more like other form not movie right. you know like a like something from a graphic novel or yeah. something from a video game so yeah. um i was admiring that as i was rewatching it like mm-hmm. it's shot so well it is very cool to look at just yeah. like as something to look at it's very fun and interesting
0: yeah
1: yeah, yeah they the uh they got the rights to
2: use the uh, the zelda music uh throughout it they Mm-hmm. there are a couple mm. sequences where you hear like the you know the the music that plays when you go into like the fairy ponds mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, they wrote to nintendo to, to in order to get permission to use that they, like sent a small clip of the movie but they they described it as well this is sort of the lullaby of our generation so we'd really like to have it in the movie and i like that i like thinking of it that way like oh, yeah it is <laughs> you know, that music's like oh i'm gonna get healed by a fairy now <laughs> oh, that
1: is true <laughs> Oh, that's nice to think about. It's yes. taking me back as I'm envisioning that. Lullaby of our generation.
0: Um, I did think, though, that some of the, it almost feels like you're watching a graphic novel because it's shot in like still frames almost, but then that move quickly between each other. It feels almost like stop motion, but it's not. Mm-hmm. I always thought that about the scene that always that still cracks me up when um, Scott's roommate, whose name I'm blanking on. Uh, Wallace Wallace answers the door and Scott's trying to pretend like he's not there. And he jumps out (laughs) through the window up top and it just happens so fast. And it's so like sudden that you have to almost back it up and watch it again. Like how did he he get up there? How do you do that? So good, (laughs) Very good. Uh, That Wallace,
1: it it had not clicked, I think, because I haven't seen it in so long um, that Kieran Culkin Mm -hmm. was, man, I love him. (laughs) (laughs) He's so good. He's so good in this movie. He's just so good. Yeah. Uh, I'll watch him in anything.
2: Yeah, I think he's probably my favorite character in this movie. I mean, yeah. It's just I, all of his lines are great. I don't know. The like but the cast is, you, like so like you mentioned, it's solid. It's got like the, so many so many superheroes in this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's Chris Evans, there's Brie Larson, there's uh oh gosh, uh what's the Superman guy? Uh Brandon Ralph. Brandon Ralph, yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, Uh, well, uh, now Ramona was in was uh, a huntress in Birds of Prey. So, oh, I didn't know that. Okay,
0: wow. And then Anna Kendrick in another movie. She forgot she was in. (laughs) Did she forget she was in this movie too? I thought it was in her list of tweets about like how she only remembers like the past like five years or ten years or whatever. Maybe maybe I am just thinking of Twilight, but I forgot she was in it. To be fair, so I had I had forgotten she was
1: in it too. Um, Aubrey Plaza's in there, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Love, i plus. It's a great cast. Yeah. Yeah. Very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jason Schwartzman. Mm hmm. That's right. Yeah, that's a, that's the only um, I guess we're going to spoil this movie. We're going to talk about it's it. It's been out yes. for 11 years. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's hard for me personally. Like if it's Michael Cera or Jason Schwartzman. <laughs> that choice. That's a real.
2: It's that, <laughs> a real choice there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, what I'm saying is I don't know how we're supposed to buy that Ramona chooses Michael Sarah, is all I'm saying. <laughs> I love Jason. Well,
2: I mean, but Gideon is very evil. He he did well, yes. microchip his girlfriend in order to mind control her. Mm-hmm. So
1: that's well that's a, I'm not
2: that's a red flag <laughs> to me.
1: <laughs> well, obviously, yes. I'm joking. Yeah. And I like Michael Sarah a great deal. He's very he's
0: very funny. He's very talented. I will say though about Michael Sarah, I feel like Every movie I have seen Michael Sarah in, he is Michael Sarah. Like, yeah. watching Juno and watching Scott Pilgrim, mm-hmm. the character is very much, like, almost exactly the same person. <laughs> and, like, I don't mind it. He has a thing, and he does it well. Mm-hmm. And you you know what you're getting into with Michael Sarah in every movie you see him in. Um, but and, he is, like, it, it is just
1: yeah. him. <laughs> and to be fair, like... Obviously, you're right. Gideon is a bad guy. Mm -hmm. He's he's a bad guy, and then he like they they highlight that when he actually like, although everyone's punching each other and kicking each other all the time because it's supposed to be video games. So like when someone perpetrates violence against a woman, I guess it's supposed to land differently in this movie because. They're all constantly right. Like they're all constantly fighting each other. But then it's like they put bad when he like punches Ramona at the Mm -hmm. end. They're like, bad. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. This is like we're we're highlighting This this. is bad. (laughs) This is bad. This is different than all the punching that's happened so far. This is bad. Yeah. Um because knives gets punched by her third evil ex. Mm -hmm. And I found that scene very I don't know. Like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Hold on. (laughs) Whoa. No, um knocks the blue right out of her hair <laughs> uh-huh yeah. but obviously like Gideon is clearly a very bad guy Scott Pilgrim has a lot of growth that he needs to well, uh, to do obviously uh-huh. in the film too
2: I think that's like I mean I think that's a point of the comic book and the movie and it's funny you know that there's a, there's like the certain types of dudes that really relate to like I don't know like the Joker or like mm-hmm. the characters in Fight Club <laughs> there's a different type of dude that relates to Scott Pilgrim, and it's like, you know he's not, like, a role model. Like, he's not a dude yeah. you want to be. Because that's kind of the point, is, like, he's got all these... Scott has all these exes, these girls that he's hurt, and he just kind of is like, oh, I don't know what happened. Oh, yeah, everything ended fine. Like, no, that was fine. Like, he's not really, you know, like, aware of the fact that he's done some damage, too, that he's been kind of uh-huh. a bad guy. hmm like, Yeah. It's, it's,
1: it's part of it. Yeah.
0: Brie Larson also was into Michael Sarah we're supposed to yeah. believe in this movie.
1: Yeah, I mean Scott Pilgrim How I guess
0: <laughs> I don't know I mean, there are many things I could guess now as to <laughs> No, you know what? No, okay. I I know many, many men that are similar to Scott Pilgrim and not necessarily the best ways that are like, how did how are
1: so many well, girls like we have, you? We are supposed to buy these three different, like talented, attractive, cool, interesting, funny women have all just <laughs> like are willing to physically fight yeah for Scott Pilgrim I
2: mean, you know maybe maybe not the physically fighting thing but I, I don't know I mean I remember in high school and college a lot like oh here's this one dreamy boy that everybody's in love with and then you see
1: him I'm like that guy him that's well that's fair <laughs> well and like even not to because I don't want to I don't want to sound too superficial like whatever you're attracted to aside because everybody yeah, has not a fight. about everybody looks, likes a thing just, you know no but- yeah but like he, like his personality in the, especially like in the movie, he comes across as a very like whatever, mm-hmm. basic dude. Like, I don't know, he's not particularly um, attentive Mm-mm. or caring or considerate or thoughtful. He mainly seems like scared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, he seems like somebody you'd have to take care of. Which, if that's your thing, maybe that's it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, like that's not my thing, yeah. but uh, that's obviously somebody's thing. Is like, oh, you're like a puppy mm-hmm. and you need cared for. I'll care for you. Well, I mean, he's in a
2: band. <laughs> See, I feel like it's just more that it's not about looks oh. or anything. It's just like a, a dude in a band. That's in
0: that's
2: a band. it. I don't. Not, that, I guess that is to true. Hate on... uh,
0: yeah. Not, no, yeah, I, it, I like yeah.
2: the character. I like the books and and the movie, but you know, <laughs> it's funny.
0: Um, I know growing up when I was watching this when I was younger, I always was like, why is everyone not in love with young Neil? I like young Neil. <laughs> <laughs> why, why is everyone leaving young Neil out? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I like um, you relate to young
2: Neil, Riley.
0: <laughs> I think I do. I think maybe rewatching it. Maybe that's why I liked young Neil so much is because I got him. Yeah. Okay. He says he's in the band, but really he just kinda hangs out. <laughs> he's not in it. Um, yeah. he's younger than everyone else and he just like wants to he just wants to be included. I get it.
1: I related more to Kim, the angry drummer. That's fair. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah.
0: Wasn't Kim into Scott Pilgrim at some point too? Yeah.
1: They they, they allude to that, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And there
2: there's more yeah. about that in the comics, but yeah. Know, it's still kind of that he was not he was not great to her. Like you know kind of ended yeah. things abruptly
1: which seems to be his mo his thing mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yes scott pilgrim
1: <laughs> yeah we see you <laughs> we're on what? to you now
2: <laughs> well and i mean the you know the open relationship he's in where he's he's 22 he's dating he's dating 17 year old knives chow uh Which it seems like just a relationship where it's like she just thinks he's really cool and he likes being with somebody who thinks he's really cool and that's the extent of their relationship.
0: (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I I definitely got that vibe. Which you can definitely tell when she's at his show at the bar with Ramona and she is just like freaking out over him being in a band. Just like losing her mind over Mm -hmm. their music and cheering for them and everything. Ramona's very just like, are you... Okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay.
1: Well, and it's like two sides of the same coin, right? Because the other side is like so disaffected. Like, that's fine, I guess. Right. <laughs> I guess it's fine that you play your songs and whatever. That's yeah. Fine. That's fine.
2: <laughs> I, I always took it from Ramona's standpoint that it was almost a bad thing that he was a dude in a band, you know? Because yes. he's trying to date a nice guy, and that's that's not always, that's not always a line.
1: Yeah. I, I got that impression from that line read too. Oh, oh you're in a band. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. <laughs> Honestly. I, I felt that like there was there was a point in my life where after a series of unfortunate <laughs> events, like the idea that I would start dating a guy and he'd be like, I'm in a band. I'd be like, oh, really? <laughs> are you good? <laughs> Please. Like how how, Please how in a band good. are you? How <laughs> how many times will I have to see said band? <laughs> how hard will I have to try to pretend I like said band music? <laughs> Okay, <laughs> I, I'm not carrying anything. I'm just putting it out there. I'm done carrying amps. I'm not carrying anything. <laughs> that part of my life
0: has ended. I did it already.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, you still ended I, up with a performer, Sid. Is just you know. Yeah, I don't. I don't carry Justin's equipment. <laughs> I just cart around our children now. <laughs> yeah. Hey, and then do my own performance. Right. There you go. Uh, let's. Um, <laughs> I, we need to take a break. <laughs> okay. Let's check the group message. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it's been a busy week. I've had uh, work that I've had to go to this week, um, I've been busy you know, run around places with the kids, like I mentioned, things like dance camp has been going on, Um, just like busy days, meetings and work and home and play and all the things. Uh, And I need clothes that can go from my professional times to my comfy times um, without having to constantly uh, run and change. And that's why I like Beta Brand's dress pant yoga pants. They're incredibly comfortable. They feel like you're wearing... uh, workout gear but you're not you're wearing dress pants um the secret is inside (laughs) they're made of wrinkle resistant stretch knit fabric so you feel just as comfortable as when you are wearing your yoga pants but i can't stress this enough they're not actually yoga pants they are dress pants um beta brand just has hacked it so that you can you can feel super comfortable move through your day look great look professional not get all wrinkly um and uh, and not be just dying to change out of those pants as soon as you get home, which I, I always hated that feeling of just wanting to rush home and get those dress pants off and no more with Beta Brand's dress pant yoga pants. So, Taylor, if our listeners want to check these pants out, what should they do?
2: Well, right now, our listeners can get 25% off their first order when you go to com slash buffering. That's 25% off your first order for a limited time at com slash buffering. Find out why people are ditching typical work pants for Beta Brands dress pant yoga pants. Go to betabrand.com slash buffering for twenty five percent off.
0: So much like Sid how you hate the feeling of having to rush home and take off those dress pants when you're not wearing your beta brand pants, I hate the feeling of needing to rush home and just take off your bra. You know what I mean? Oh, I know. For anyone that wears bras, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Like the feeling where you just need you need to take it off. It's uncomfy. You can feel it there the whole day. Your straps fall down or it leaves little red marks in your skin from staying on too long. Um, not comfortable. Never a good choice, especially the last few, well, not few months, last year and a half. Not going many <laughs> places. Um, putting on a bra just feels like that much more work and it's not comfortable and all I've cared about the last year and a half has been being comfortable at home. Um, and that is why I switched to Harper Wilde. Because Harper Wilde makes bras that put comfort first. Their collection of quality basics include the base, which is a lightly lined everyday bra in a range of nudes that won't show through your shirt, which is always a plus. And the Bliss, a bralette that provides lift while feeling like a second skin. I gotta say, the Bliss has been my go-to for months now. And, really yeah the base is,
1: the base is mine really yeah i wear the base every day
0: it is so comfortable it, it really does feel like a second skin um i don't mind wearing it and i forget that i'm wearing it so i'll you know be getting ready for bed like oh i totally forgot i've had a bra on all day because it's not uncomfortable straps don't fall down it's not hurting my skin um and i don't have to go through the awkward experience of going to an in-person store and having someone try to measure my bust and tell me what bras i need to be wearing um you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I hate. I hate just the way you said my bust. My bust. Well, that's like the measurement. Right. I gotcha. Is your bust. Okay. Your bra size. Whatever. <laughs> I hate that. But Harper Wild has an easy interactive fit quiz. Uh, so you don't have to go through that. And they have beautifully priced bundles and free returns. So you try it. Maybe it doesn't fit right. Maybe you, you need a different color or you want a different style. Free returns. They made that very easy. Um And part of their proceeds provides mentorship and advocacy for girls through Girls, Inc. So you can also feel good about what you're doing for other people through the bras you buy for yourself. So Tay, if our listeners want to check out Harper Wild, what should they do?
2: Well, if you want to stay in your comfort zone, go to harperwild.com slash buffering today so you can get twenty percent off your first purchase. Because the only thing better than a comfortable bra is getting a discount just for being a still buffering listener. That's twenty percent off at harperwild.com slash buffering. Once again, harperwild.com slash buffering.
1: Um so uh a couple things I was thinking as we were talking about it. Uh I it, I should mention if anyone hasn't seen the movie that man I we always have to say this on this show but it was set in tw- tw- uh, it was made in 2010 which isn't that long ago but in like kind of is cultural time feels like a million years ago sometimes mm-hmm. and there are some jokes I don't remember are these in the comics some of the comments that are made specifically towards knives um, are those are those like, I mean, let's be honest, racist jokes. Yes. That crop up in the yeah. movie a couple times. Are they are those in the books? I, I believe there are. I, I don't know. If, I mean, it's not word for word,
2: but I think right. there's a lot of references to her ethnicity that she's mm-hmm. Chinese and I, just not things that it's like not just, just not comfortable
1: yeah, yeah. because there I should say like there are a couple of those and I do think at times it it was weird. I was trying to figure out why is there so much stress on the fact that she's 17? Cuz I don't know. Maybe it's just cuz I'm an old fuddy-dud now, but like <laughs> I well, kept thinking like do we have to keep rehashing this? So what are what are what is our point? I I did
2: like for the sake of the movie it's like you just not like I mean, made her 18, because it's a little uncomfortable. He's 22, she's 17. Like, you could have aged her up one year and made the movie, I think, a little bit, you know, the comic book was 2004. Not the things, once again, not that much time. But I do kind of feel like, yeah, all right, let's. (laughs) And they then go out of their way to be like, they haven't even held hands. Like, yes. Yeah. Like, okay, but still, like, it's a a underage person dating a, a young adult.
0: Because I think the point is more so like, Scott, what are you doing? She's still in high school. She's yes. a teenager. Yeah. Um, Which still would apply if she was 18. Yes. She would. St- she could still be in high school. Many people are still in high school when they're 18. And she's still a teenager. And there's still that four-year age difference, which like when you're both mm-hmm. older adults is not that much. But is that much when you're someone who's of age to be graduating college and someone who's, you know, about to graduate high school. Um, I agree. I think that what fixed a few things
1: you know and it's hard because like what it what it highlights is that and i mean again i really enjoyed the movie back mm-hmm. when i saw it then um i enjoy it now maybe like some things don't i can't connect with really as much anymore just because i'm older but um that aside it is a movie in which essentially all of the female characters exist in relation to a man yeah
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, really,
2: um, I, I was going to mention uh, Brian Lee O'Malley is half Korean. I don't think that necessarily that doesn't excuse any of the dialogue. But sure, it's, it's sure. interesting, just like he's writing about experiences he might have had, you know, maybe. OK, mm-hmm. yeah. But but absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, more to to your point. It is like I don't <laughs> does does this movie pass the, the Bechdel test? I don't actually know now that I'm thinking of it.
1: Well, is I, was, I, mean, I was, guess no, because I was thinking through the characters. And I mean, like Ramona's entire existence is about all of her exes mm-hmm. and her current relationship. Yes. Knives is only presented as the sort of um, pitiful, naive, na- naive girlfriend who is obsessed with Scott and being cheated on. Uh, th- even the sister. Um, I have her name is out of my head, but even his sister is really only there to Stacy. Yes. Yes. Stacey is is only there to like comment, counsel, react to Scott Pilgrim
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, I mean even even our cool drummer Kim we still I know there's more about it in the comic book but in the movie you just get this little like mention of like oh and also they used to date Mm -hmm. and also she seems angry about it still Mm -hmm. and then at the end her resolution is when he's like yeah sorry and she's like finally now I can be at (laughs) peace i mean it is very mm-hmm. much like yeah how do women how every woman is defined by their relationship to mainly this one male character mm-hmm.
2: and you know i think that that the the sort of flatness of that would would read even worse in a more realistic movie i think it's you don't notice it as much just because of how cartoonish everything is you know it's a very much like a a hyper reality. I mean, people burst into coins. It's like, well, we're not, we're not really taking things too seriously. But you are right. I mean, even envy. You know, she's the yeah the, the ex girlfriend mm-hmm. who who dumped Scott. But you know, you can see she's still sort of jealous that he has a new girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And then in the end, when he calls her by Natalie, the name she had before her stage name, she's like, oh, nobody calls me that. That's so nice. <laughs> like. Yeah. This moment of like in the comic book, she goes on to have her solo career. I think there's a little bit more of like a, you Mm -hmm. know, she's doing her own thing. She has autonomy, but you're you're, getting now. Were
1: you were you offended by the vegan scene, Taylor? (laughs) (laughs) I love
2: the vegan scene.
1: (laughs) The vegan police. I
2: think it's hilarious. Uh,
1: I love when when uh, I think envy says like uh, basically what does that mean when he's explaining what what vegan means? She's like basically that means he's better than everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I think I think
2: that that scene is hilarious.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the way his hair just
2: falls down when he loses his his vegan powers. Like...
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: we're drinking half and half. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess I was thinking there's, there's one female character that, I mean, does, uh, the one ex-girlfriend that Ramona has. <sighs>
2: oh, and I,
0: Yes, that, that's her name. I couldn't remember her name. Um, I, I guess you could say that she has conversations with Ramona that maybe aren't about a man, but also kind of are because the reason she's there is because Scott is trying to date Ramona. And Gideon has assembled the league of right. evil exes. Um, I don't know. I guess I do appreciate the fact just that there is a, a girl like Scott tries to say at the beginning. I have to fight your evil seven evil ex boyfriends, and she keeps seven evil exes. Right. Um,
2: they they do wrap it around like he says. Oh, you had a sexy phase. Like like. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's a little bit like there's a little bit of fetishizing uh, a woman loving woman
1: relationship.
2: There's a little bit of right. bisexual erasure because Ramona is saying it was a phase.
1: You know. Mm-hmm. Like. That yep. she was bi-curious.
0: And nice. then Roxy says, I'm a little bi-furious. That's, That's a great line. That was, <laughs> That's it a is.
1: great line. You know, that was so hard for me because as I was watching that, I was like, oh, come on. Just make remote. Like, she can just be bi. Yeah. It can just be like, yeah, I mean, I've dated different people. Here's one of the people I've dated. Why does, why does it have to be about that? And so I was sitting there kind of feeling down. And then when Roxy says, I'm bi-furious. I was like, oh, but I do... I do like that.
0: I do like that because... I I am bi-furious all the time, so I do like that. (laughs) And it also feels like she's also, like, not making fun of Ramona, but I guess angry about the fact that she used a phrase, like, bi-curious or whatever, and, like, said it was a phase. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, well, you're bi-curious, I'm bi-furious. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it feels more like she's kind of pointing out that what Ramona's saying is upsetting to her as a queer woman i guess yeah. um which i do appreciate and i do like that character in that line
2: yeah uh, yeah but that that scene definitely was was i remember it being really funny and then on the rewatch i was like uh. <laughs> and like the fact that they, yeah. they get in a fight afterwards because scott's embarrassed it's like there's this is of course where the shame has to come in after the after the previous you know gay relationship is revealed like does that have to be how that works
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think because, again, we're supposed to be in this sort of video game kind of reality where like violence is happening, but it's not supposed to hit you like real violence. I mean, so, they do burst into coins. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so like the idea that he can't, this is the ex he can't fight because I can't fight a woman. I don't know. It's, yeah. just, it's mm-hmm. just like, I mean... And this is not my endorsement of like yes you can, <laughs> but it's just you know. <laughs> wow on the record. Well, I mean, I realize, but it's it's just I mean, it's supposed to be
0: a game, right? Like, yeah, you know, it's supposed to be pretend, and I don't know. There's also <sighs> I just will say it while we're talking about the video game violence, uh, Michael Sarah's delivery of oh look coins after he defeats the first x and there's just a little pile of coins that still makes me laugh that is just one thing where i'm like yes this is very good but also i guess i always thought my first few times watching i didn't pay that much attention and thought that like the video game stuff was for us or maybe just like Mm -hmm. i don't know scott's brain he played a lot of video games so that's what he sees um but it is real like that's just the world because the right. coins are physically there. That's what they see and like, I don't know, all the other stuff. Um, which, I guess, makes it a little bit cooler. It's not so much just, like, special effects. It is, like, this weird, surrealist world they live in.
1: Yeah. Which which I think is supposed to help you understand why these exes who a lot of the times are stronger or, you know, have a whole, like, super powered team with them Mm -hmm. or have magical or you know backup
0: dancers (laughs) uh, yes abilities and
1: all this stuff why is scott pilgrim able to defeat them all because unless unless he's just really good at video games it's hard to buy like (laughs) you're you're just this little bass player like what what is happening well
2: you know one thing that uh a lot of times when movies are based off of comic books i find myself sort of disappointed in the translation because like comic books are an art form in and of themselves. Like that can be the final way a work is done. And a movie is always viewed as like better than a comic book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't really, I, unless you do something different, I don't always feel that they're necessary. And I think that in the case of Scott Pilgrim, that they do something different. And that's the the focus they put on the music in the movie. Because mm. obviously comic books can't have that element. Um, and the music is so good, like that they've got different bands to basically be like the shadow band behind each of the acts like mm-hmm. beck wrote a lot of the music for scott pilgrim's band for the sex bob bombs like metric was envy's band clash of demon head and that element is lacking in the comics mm. which I, I think is really cool
1: yeah that is true i think the music's really good and it's fun and it is neat that like i feel like scott pilgrim's band is actually good mm-hmm. like that's it that you know it's it's not yeah. just all a bunch of i don't know that's different from my you experience. experience yeah um <laughs> but uh the, i think the only thing that i have trouble with in the movie version is at the end when we have this decision point between like i don't think it's clear who scott pilgrim's going to end up with cuz he's just fought this battle for ramona but he did it like the final the final boss basically he fought alongside knives mm-hmm. and there's that comment from ramona that they make a great team and I think there's this moment at the end of the movie where you don't know who he's going to end up with. And I feel like you should, you should really know, you know what I mean? Like there should be a really obvious, this is where the love is kind of, and I don't know that I can tell, like at the end of the movie, I could easily buy him ending up with either one or honestly, both of them being like, we're done no. with you, Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's all just be friends. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's all work on ourselves.
2: Yeah. Well, there was uh, so when the movie came out, the uh, sixth volume, I believe, of Scott Pilgrim was not out yet, which is the one that would cover the the boss battle and who Scott ends up with. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they shot an ending. And I believe the original ending, he ended up with knives, and I read that that was some, yeah. And then they it didn't it didn't work well with test audiences, so they did the Ramona ending.
0: Again, maybe it's because they made a point of saying she was 17 so many times. How can I ever want them to really end up together when the whole time I'm like, this makes me a little uncomfortable?
2: Well, I do think that to me, it makes sense that it's Scott and Ramona before Mm -hmm. it's Scott and Knives, because, you know, Knives makes that comment, like, I'm way too cool for you. And I think, honestly, it is that, like, Ramona's not been a great person. She's done a lot of damage. Scott has, too. Mm -hmm. He doesn't recognize it the way Ramona does. But, like... If you want to say, like, who deserves each other more, I, I guess they kind of deserve each
1: other more. Yeah, <laughs> and And Knives does deserve better than, especially the way that Scott cheated on her and then ended the relationship. Yeah. It's all so despicable when mm-hmm. you see it play out. It's just like, come on. Yeah. Just grow up. Be an adult. Yeah, yeah. I
2: really thought there was going to be more of the uh, the Nega Scott battle in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like I thought maybe that would he would have to face down some of the stuff about him that sucks. But because uh, the Nega Scott character is used a bit differently in the comic books, he kind of shows up in like you know mm-hmm. dark moments for Scott. But it, it's a bit more of just like oh no, he's a pretty nice guy. It's like that's what you took from that.
1: Okay, mm-hmm. which I mean to be fair is like one uh, realistic in the sense that they're all still young these are all still youths <laughs> yes like youths. Th- there's only so much like growth that you are going to have at that moment in your life at that age like you're going to grow and change and learn and hopefully mature but it's not going to happen all at once and it's definitely not going to happen because of a relationship with another person mm-hmm. you know like that can help you but ultimately it's like self-work right. that you need to do mm-hmm. I don't know. He just needs to talk to Wallace more. He seems to have it. He seems so aware all the time. Yeah. Like, so like, I know what all of our thing is. Yeah, sometimes we're trash. That's kind of our thing. (laughs) Like I am. He like he is so aware of the whole thing. I really appreciate that. I think I find him a very
0: grounding presence throughout the movie. Yes. I think he is my favorite character. Yes. Yeah. Very good. All around.
2: Yeah. I, th- I think another another story where the side characters are much more likable than the main characters. Yeah. This <laughs> I really is, like yeah, I like Wallace, I like knives, I like Kim.
0: Young Neil. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is very true. There's yeah. a lot of stuff that I would consider like part of as we especially early millennial kind of cultural things, touchstones and stuff like that where I feel like that's a common trope. Is that why we, we have, like, we've given birth to the TikTok meme of I'm not the main character, I'm, I'm the... I'm this, yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, it's just how you you see yourself. It's always, like, nobody, no, nobody's the, the central character anymore. Nobody's the, the, the cheerleader or the jock anymore. Mm-hmm. We're all the weird nerds on the sideline.
0: <laughs> I will say a sound from this movie has blown up on TikTok that I've seen a lot of when... Ramona says you have to defeat my seven evil exes Um, and then people there's music that plays after that instead in the TikTok sound and it's people like highlighting their personal seven evil exes (laughs) but it's not people it's like their seven bad personality traits that you have to defeat in order to date them Um, it's very good (laughs) (laughs) that's funny especially because they're all people that look even significantly younger than me and I just keep thinking have you seen that do you know where this is from you look like you're maybe 13. Um, I you I were you even alive when this came out? I don't know. I I do feel like it, it's funny, Tay.
1: I think so often you and I like we're, we were close enough in age that a lot of the stuff that was important to us and meaningful like we had different interests, but it's the same sort of time frame. And I think Scott Pilgrim does represent a bit of a breaking point between us in terms of like age groups. Because yeah. I was just a little too old when it, like, really hit to connect with those themes as that at that time. Mm-hmm. Like, I could enjoy it, but I couldn't connect to it. Yeah. Because um, I was just a little too old for it. Uh, and it's uh, funny, because I see things in it that I'm like, I don't quite <laughs> ever remember feeling exactly like that. That doesn't feel exactly like my experience. And I think I was right. just a little too old.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, I also think for me, when, it, when the comic book was coming out... Uh, I, I, it was this it the the art style in the comic book bridges this gap between like a lot of manga influence that you know was at that point was sort of like I mean I was in art school by that point and like you weren't really supposed to draw like that you know yeah uh, but it also has a distinct like uh, like American influence too on it like it's just really unique or not American like Western style animation uh, it, it's a very unique art style that Brian Lee O'Malley has and I think that was kind of exciting to see a comic getting mainstream attention that was drawn in such a unique stylized Mm -hmm. way like that I think there were a lot of young cartoonists that were just excited about the doors that it was going to open so Mm -hmm. I think there's there's that element too that I think it meant a lot to me for the the movie I think is 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 flawed but fun Mm -hmm. I think the comic book was a lot more meaningful for me back in the day sure
1: yeah well, thank you, thank you, Tay. It was fun to watch again. I hadn't yeah, seen, was. yeah, I hadn't seen it in forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and as you both pointed out,
2: like some some content warning. It definitely hasn't. There are jokes that have not aged well. There's some. I don't think it passes the Bechdel test,
1: but it's
2: a <laughs> it's a video game movie. It's you know. <laughs>
0: it's from eleven
1: years. You ago. would you would probably stand by recommending the comic book more strongly than the
2: movie. Uh. Yeah, I mean, I don't, like, they're very similar, but I, I think there's a, there's a lot more backstory in the comic book, and that kind of gives it more heart. Mm-hmm. Sure.
1: And you always, I mean, it's always cooler to read than to watch things. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Especially <laughs> I, I realized this. the box set I got was the all-in-color version. Um, yeah. So that's fun. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Very fun.
1: All right. Well, thank you, Tay. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Riley, what's next? So I was trying to think about something um, that was maybe more of a younger thing I enjoyed, but also not when I was like eight watching high school musical and I landed on gravity falls. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was on TV as I was aging out of cartoons, but I kept watching this one because it's also not, you know, a kid's cartoon necessarily. Um, so yeah, that'd be fun to talk about. Perfect. That sounds good. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, thank you both. Uh, thank you listeners. Um, you can. I hope you enjoyed this. You should go to MaximumFun.org dot org and listen to other podcasts that you would enjoy because there are lots there. And if you have any thoughts, suggestions, questions, comments, you can tweet at us at still Buff or email us at still dot org. And thank you to the Novellas for our theme song, "Baby Change Your Mind."
0: This has been your cross generational guide to the culture that made us. I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy,
1: and I'm Taylor Smurl.
0: This, uh, I am still buffering.
1: Promise <laughs> actively. I am still buffering. <laughs> And I am too. Mentally still buffering. It, yeah, yours was as bad as ours usually is. I know.
2: You know, they just released the uh, Brie Larson version of uh, uh, Black
0: Sheep. The oh, uh, I gotta listen to that. We gotta get that. I love that song.
1: Hi, I'm Annabelle Gurridge. And I'm Laura House. And we're the hosts of Tiny Victories. My Tiny Victory is that I sewed that button back on the day after it broke. We talk about that little thing that you did that's a big deal to you, but nobody else cares. Did you get that Guggenheim Genius Award? We don't want to hear from you. We want little bitty tiny victories.
0: My tiny victory is a tattoo that i added on to this past weekend. Let's talk about it. My victory is that I'm one year cancer free, but my tiny victory is that I took all of the cushions off the couch, pounded them out, put them back, And it looks so great. So if you're
1: like us and you want to celebrate the tiny achievements of ordinary people, listen to Tiny
0: Victories. It's on every Monday on Maximum Fun. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture.
2: Artist owned. Audience supported.